The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. And now for something completely different. Hey, I was, I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm in three Halls of Fame. For the young fans, they don't give a damn. They just give a damn about themselves and what they're hearing now. And I got no problem with those rules. I know the rules going in. I'm happy to play the game that way. And when Ivan came off with that uh, knee drop from the top rope and he bent me, I thought that something happened. I couldn't hear a thing. You could have heard the pin drop in that arena. It touched me so deeply that when I went in the dressing room, I really felt depressed. I'll tell you that, I'll tell you right to his face. If it's Hogan and I, if he wanted to get in a real street fight with me, trust me, he would lose, and he knew it. You know, that's the other thing. They give you the belt, and they're like, okay, you're in charge of me. I was like, what? When you mentioned a guy like Harley Race, that kind of legendary status, it's obvious why people would get upset. Or as I'm concerned, Roddy Piper was not a wrestler. He wasn't even a good worker. If he had to go out and work his way to the top and not have good friends like Jim Barnett. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he's not a good guy. He's just not a tough guy. Bro, I swear to you, I don't have an ego. Like, I don't give a crap. I, that stuff is not important to me. People don't know me. They have no idea of who I am. They know of me as being a fictional character that they saw on TV. People didn't understand that, you know, the guy they saw in the ring that happened to be using his real name and happened to actually be the president of the company, they really believed that that guy that they loved to hate was actually a pretty decent guy. And I think many people have the perception that I really was that character. Welcome uh, to the two-man power trip of wrestling. I'm your host, J.P. Job Haas. With me today, a very special guest, the son of Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. He actually has a podcast called Some Kind of Wonderful. He is Mr. Travis Orndorff. Travis, welcome to the two-man power trip. How are you doing? John, how are you, my friend? It's uh, I, I, I want to start out by saying, you know, we were supposed to record last week, and uh, I had some uh, uh, personal uh, things that happened, and uh, so I appreciate you uh, being patient and uh, allowing me to come on this week and uh, spend some time talking about my dad. No problem. Sounds good. Your dad, obviously one of the greatest legends. If you look at like the, the Hulk Hogan feuds, I always say like, who are the best feuds? Cause he's the guy to me. He's the God of wrestling. You know, when I came up with the um, almost 40 and when I came up, he was the guy, but it's like, who are the guys that he drew money with? And who are the guys that really made him better and like made him more important, made people want to cheer and Mr. Wonderful has got to be right up there. He's in my top five of Hogan opponents where, you know, he was neck and neck with Hulk there for a few years. So, I mean, that, that's pretty awesome and, and quite, you know, high in the totem pole there. If you will. Well, and I think you got to understand that. So if you try to compare generations, you're always going to lose. And, and the reason I say that is the reason there was an ultimate warrior is because there was a Paul, Mr. Wonderful Orndorff. The reason there was a Mr. Perfect was because there was a Mr. Wonderful Paul Wondorf. So not to, di- no, I'm not discrediting them, got those guys for their, for their, for their wrestling or anything. I, I don't get into that. I can tell you my top 10 wrestlers, but you know, I'm, I'm not diminishing what they did, but you know, there always has to be somebody that sets the, the baseline and the precedent. And, you know, my dad drew heat that I think, and I could be wrong, but just from the, the glimpses I have wrestling that I watch, that people will never, ever, ever repeat. Not unless you reinvent the wheel and people start seeing the wheel differently. You know, um, 
the UFC back when Hoist Gracie, and then you compare it to Denal, people forget, you know, those first UFC fights, one, two, and three. Nobody's ever forgotten WrestleMania. Ever. Yep, so, very true. I, I, nope, I can't tell you the first NBA championship. I can't tell you the first uh, World Series. And you'd have to find a historian to, to even get into that measure. But every single person in wrestling that appreciates the history um, uh, uh, of of where it went from territories to Vince being able to create the first closed circuit television match, you know, the, the, the beginning of pay-per-view, like that's a, that's a, that's one of those defined, <laughs> the, our, our, our timelines are divided by when, when Jesus died. So there are moments in history <laughs> that define us for generations and there is no WWE today. If WrestleMania one, didn't pull off one of the greatest um, uh, entertainment um, uh, uh, attractions in history, period. Much like uh, 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 the Roman gladiators. It was a spectacle to be seen, and they've they've repeated it. But that first one, if you were there, if you knew the energy, if you knew the promos they did and how, you know, God, my dad and, and Roddy said the most horrible things, about you know Hulk and Mr. T, I remember saying, call, calling them fat and ugly and bald and you know like things you wouldn't be you wouldn't see that today. It's just different. So I don't want to take away from what happened last night at WWE for for the for the kids that's twelve years old right now. That's going to be his defining moment in wrestling. And God bless him, he found that moment because they were able to duplicate some version. But those of us who were at the beginning will always say. We were the greatest generation of wrestling. And I'm not saying that we're right, but it's different. And I can't compartmentalize and unattach myself from the emotions that I saw on television. Understand, like when my dad turned on Hogan, it still hit me. And I had to hear it at school the next day. So <laughs> it was still an emotional yeah. ride, even if I knew Dad was coming home and taking me at a t-ball game. But when I got there, guess what everybody was asking him about? So it was kind of interlaced into our lives. But, you know, when you think of the most iconic matches, they all start right around WrestleMania. Unless you're a true wrestling legend and you can go back and watch, you know, Dick the Bruiser and some of these, you know, other guys that, that were great technical wrestlers, but all from a trailer park and mostly drunk. And then came dad, who was a physical specimen yep. that did not make sense in this trailer park slash WWF slash wrestling world. When you look at it, when he did turn on Hulk, man, that did big business. They went to Toronto, right? You know, they do the big event. They think it's going to be 10,000 people. And they said it's over 60. I've seen reports where it says it was 74,000 people at Exhibition Stadium in Toronto. So it's like, wow, they almost didn't realize how much people were going to be impacted by your dad and Hulk and that few, because it's like, Oh, we'll sell 10,000 tickets. We'll do nice. Yeah. You'll sell six or seven times that. I mean, it's just amazing. That's the heat. And that's people want to that's see that match badly. You're right. But let me, let, let's take a step back. Do you realize how smart of a businessman Vince is? Hmm. Very like, let's not kid ourselves. Those wrestlers did their thing, but the one that was pulling the strings was Vince McMahon. Uh, Jr. And Vince McMahon Sr. had the vision to give it to his son. 
his son had the vision to to compartmentalize the territories in the northeast and then pull in talent and then make a deal with usa none of this is possible i don't care I, like i i'm not saying he's a good human being i'm not a politician i don't care all i'm talking about is what he did for wrestling my dad told me um on multiple occasions and i think you can go back and see hear some of his uh interviews um my dad told me and many people you have to have the right horses to pull the carriage and Vince found the right horses. So I will give credit to Hulk Hogan for being who he is, but he isn't who he is without Vince pushing. He had the charisma. I'm not taking away from his talent, but that was a choice that Vince made. And during that time, and people say, you know, your dad should have got the title. To be honest with you, I, I think we were in the middle of a cold war. We needed Mr. USA to win. That was kind of that period of time. And not that my dad was anti-American. My dad would go to, you know, events for the military and sign autographs hours after everybody was supposed to leave. So, but it was the, it was the image, you know, the Ronald Reagan years, you know, it wasn't till Ronald Reagan went out of office that Hulk Hogan lost the title. I don't think that's a coincidence. I could be wrong, but I think Vince knew his audience. He understood what was needed and the bad guy needed to lose in the early eighties. Go back to the miracle on ice, Russia versus USA, right? Yep. Like that was what Vince built that on. And then we saw movies like Rocky that did the exact same thing. And if Sorry, you think about I, mean, it, I can get off in his, on a historical fact around how yeah. that is elemental to that time where, yes, my dad would have been great with the title, but it wouldn't have fit the period. I always say that, though, when they say Piper should have been champ or they always say dad should have been champ. Well, how much more money did you want WWF to make? You know what I mean? They were making so much money with Hogan. Like, you can't make more money than that, can you? I mean, it's crazy. No, he had the right image. It was the right time. And if I was Vince, I wouldn't have done it any different. And I love my father. Like, I, but I get it. And you can go back to my dad's Hall of Fame speech. He said, you know, people said I was difficult. My dad was difficult. Like, especially during that period, I think for, for a couple of reasons. One is he was one of the older wrestlers. So I think he knew his time was, you know, somewhat limited. You know, um, if I'm not mistaken, Hulk is or Terry is uh, like seven or eight years younger than my dad. You know, so so when you when you factor in my dad's, I, he was 35. If I'm, let me do the math. Give me a second. Yeah. He would have been 34 or 35 at WrestleMania one. He was a 28, you know, Roddy um, is 10 years younger than my dad. Hmm. So when you see WrestleMania, my dad was at his peak, truly at his peak physically, uh, 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 just an age. He was on the decline after that. He couldn't have put his body in the position the, the way the Ultimate Warrior uh, uh, looked, you know, in 87. So my dad had that run and, and it was amazing. But dad knew it was going to come to an end because he was injured and he was getting older. And he knew what, you know, happens when wrestlers got shelved. So what did he do? He quit before they fired him in his own mind. And I don't think Vince would have ever fired him. I think he would have made him an agent or or something, you know, he always yep. promised my dad he'd take care of him as long as he didn't screw him. Well, I think dad was, uh, was afraid of getting abandoned. So he abandoned Vince sooner. 
it's interesting and i remember those like things they basically they kind of were saying he was dead remember those the weird commercials and stuff they were basically i don't know if anybody else remembers this but it was so weird they were kind of like hinting that your dad was dead after when he when he left the bf it was very very weird yeah it's and, and my son actually so my son is helping me with our um with our social media presence so he's he's helping me with the twitter account which is, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm so bad. You're gonna have to forgive me because I'm gonna have to look all this stuff up. Oh nope, nope. My buddy, my producer just sent it all to me. Great. Uh, so you know we've got at uh, Wonderful Podcast and at Mr. Wonderful Official, which is Mr. Wonderful Official, and uh, so he's uh, my son is is a part of this. He just scanned in uh, about um, oh god. A little over 470 photos from our family that we wow. found. Uh, one of them I just posted of, of my dad walking through Japan, like all bearded out and like manly in the late 70s in Japan. Uh, and then I'm on Twitter at, at Orndorf Travis L. So anyway, th those are just the ways that we we communicate with our fans. And and, and uh, we're doing some special things, I think. Um, all I get is messages saying, thank you for reminding me of, of your dad. And, you know, um, What's so meaningful is they don't say, thank you for reminding me of Mr. Wonderful. They say, thank you for reminding me of your dad. Mm -hmm. So they do, uh, in my mind, uh, the, the, the relationship and the connection I have with the fans that I get to communicate with has been very special and I'm very grateful. I got a chance to interview him a couple of years back and it's just funny the way he would like say Hogan knew not to mess with me that, you know, this guy knew not to mess with me. Vader knew, or actually Vader didn't know. Then he found out not to mess with him. Just one of those guys. And obviously Hogan's a lot bigger than him tall, you know, taller and, and maybe physically, but he knew like Orndorff is one tough son of a bitch. And I'm good buddies with Kevin Sullivan. Sullivan said, that's the one guy he said him and Haku. You know, basically, they're like the two guys. But Orndorff, said, he's like, he always had that extra gear. Your dad always had that extra gear where it's like, okay, he's tough. He's mean. He could be nasty. Maybe he could be a little tough, you know, tough on guys. But don't push him because he'll bring it to the extra gear. I love those guys. Legit tough guys. But they always have that extra gear. And he always says that about Haku and, and your dad. So let me just give you a couple examples of what I've seen in my life. Him and Bobby Heenan were driving through uh, New York. My dad had, we, my dad had this, like, I want to say 82 Celica and dad missed the exit and if you know anything about bobby heenan he will mess with you and poke and prod you <laughs> well my dad's on testosterone let's not kid ourselves dad's on testosterone he's driving from town to town man if i don't get to bed by nine o'clock at night you know i'm i'm a wreck the next day right so he's doing that every night anyway bobby's messing with him he ripped the steering wheel off the column and he Whoa. was steering the column over to the side of the road Bobby Heenan laughing over and over, like in dad's face. And that's the funny thing is Bobby could do it and I could do it. Dad would get so pissed. And I would just look at him and start laughing because I knew that he was, you know, like being ridiculous and yeah. he'd start laughing with me. And, and so dad and Bobby are on the side of the road. Dad's hands are all bloody from pulling the column of the, I mean, and uh, so we had a Cadillac as well. <laughs> I got a couple of them. Uh, we had a Cadillac as well. And uh, my brother had done something. Anyway, he stole the keys and ran to the car. My dad grabs the door and he rips it off the hinge. Like, so it, the, oh. the door's like a pair of, you yeah, know, off the yeah. hinge, but like still on the bolts. Yep. But it was, you know, flat with the uh, front of the car. <laughs> Holy crap. Wow. Front of the car. And then one time, I can't remember what happened, but 
Okay, two more stories, promise. One was he was in the kitchen. He got some promoter didn't pay him on time or something. And he threw the phone through the microwave. And I don't mean just through the front glass, which is, by the way, like multiple pieces and a gap. He threw it through that and you could see the dent in the back of the microwave. Wow. Pretty impressive. Yeah, (laughs) dude, it was it was very rare. It was so rare that I would see his strength. But there were times you'd go, how'd you do that? And at the same time, he had the same he he, he'd go out and play baseball or, you know, throw the baseball with me. And he had that much power, but he could also throw a knuckleball. Wow. Look at that. Like a really good knuckleball. Good athlete. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, a really good football player, too. Dude, he had records in the discus. He had records in the uh, 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 long, what is it, broad jump, um, and uh, he had multiple track records uh, in, in in Florida, and I want to say a couple of them last until the early two thousands. And this is going back to you know nineteen sixty five to sixty eight before he went to University of Tampa. What a freak athlete uh, for sure, and obviously you know legendary tough guy. Don't piss him off. Don't get on on his bad side. Did you ever want to be a wrestler though? Like, did you ever want to follow in his footsteps? You know, Dad was so funny about that. And and here's what I'll tell you. Number one, I, I have the uh, the uh, I'm the physical specimen of a referee, if anything. So like, it would be, it was unattainable to be my dad. Like if, if you're going to compare yourself to, you know, different wrestlers and different things, dad, his body and everything that he kind of stood for, um, I was following in those shoes. It wasn't just like I could go up and be a five foot nine wrestler. I was coming behind Mr. Wonderful. And um, so a couple things, dad and I traveled on the road uh, uh, several times and he used to tell me how bad it was to travel on the road. Like he just hated it. He missed home. And so I had this emotional attachment to my father that I understood what his life was like because he told me and I never wanted that. So it wasn't that I wouldn't have gone. I, I In fact, I went to uh, the Hall of Fame and one of the guys there was like, you know, you should be a writer. I can get you on board. And I was like, no, not at all. I don't want to be a part of that world. Um, not that, you know, the people that pursue that, you know, that fame and fortune, I'm kind of cool being private. I'm, I'm, I work for a bank. Um, uh, I'm a performance manager and, and, and I'm, uh, do very well, uh, after several years of a kind of a, a lull in my career. And so I'm grateful and everything I do now is, is just to, you know, celebrate my dad's legacy. When you look at that legacy and you look, you know, how great he was, what like how would you describe it or what would you say would be like just the legacy of him? Because I feel like it's more grandiose than maybe people even realize. So if I had to describe it, I would say um trainer. Trainer. And 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 I say that in a couple ways. Number one, my dad's body influenced so many people to work out at the gym. You know, Hulk Hogan, um, Terry, Leia is was all emotion but dad was all character and 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 discipline so you know you can listen to real american and it'll get your emotions going but dad was one in the gym hitting it every day without question and so when you think about what he the number of people he influenced 
because of his intensity, because they've, you know, got a little older and realized that dad played a great role and, and, and fulfilled his role, but he did it with such an intensity and with a body and with a discipline, you know, Hogan used to say, you know, eat your vitamins, say your prayers, all that stuff. Yeah. But my dad actually did it. And people saw that over 50, over 40 years of his career. Dad lived that. When you looked at him, you knew he ate his vitamins. And if you ever heard him talk, you knew he said his prayers. I, you know, when you talk about character and, and, and I don't mean this mean, but Hogan's got his, uh, you know, t-shirt and his kids and, and, and his, his restaurants. Um, I don't know how people really feel about him, you know, in the, in the, in, in the world of wrestling, but I can tell you that every person I've ever come across that was a wrestler said my dad influenced them in, in, in a positive way, either by taking the time to talk to him or just his own, his own work ethic. I, dad will always be in one of the top 10 um, uh, uh, technical wrestlers of all time without question. Dad isn't, I'm not saying he's number one, but he's in the top 10. And uh, if you remove all of the, hoopla and the you know the the gimmicks and all the kayfabe dad was a badass and he lived it every match and i think people will always remember that and and that's what sets him apart from everybody else he wasn't necessarily loud look at some of his interviews look at how he would walk into the ring he would he would just look at you with disgust he didn't yell he wasn't like flair and roddy and hulk he was subdued he just let his body and his body of work um, uh, speak for itself. Now, obviously, WrestleMania, those guys that are part of it, he's in a part of WrestleMania lore because he's in the main event. Did he ever say he had an issue with jobbing in that match? Because Piper always wouldn't do it. He had an issue. Did that ever come out that like he may not have wanted to do it? Because it seems like they held Morocco off the card on purpose. And Morocco even says, oh, you know, I was should have been on that card. I wasn't on that card, but they were thinking I might have to be in the main event in case Orndorff doesn't want to do the job. I'd go in and do the job because Piper's not going to definitely not going to do it. Was that ever true? Is any of that true that you know? So of? Here's what I'm going to parallel for you. And I don't know if you'll agree or disagree. I don't think it's a coincidence that Thunderlips was in Rocky two, right? Rocky three. Yep. Rocky three. Excuse me. Yeah. Rocky three. And who else was in Rocky three? I'm trying to remember. There was a challenger. Who was his, what was his name? Clubber Lang, Mr. T. Oh, yeah, it was Mr. T. What a freaking coincidence. You think <laughs> they weren't promoting each other? My dad went out to uh, California and um, auditioned to be in Rambo 2. He was also auditioned wow. to be in Rocky 4. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that before. So no. when you think about what you see with Mr. T and all that, that was that was Vince being a genius, whether I like it or not. But they promoted each other. That's not a coincidence. They made wrestling mainstream through a, a you know, Rocky three, which, you know, look back, wasn't a great movie, but it was influential at the time. It got hundreds of thousands of eyes and it gave wrestling relevance. It gave it, you know, it's like when they start showing on ESPN, you went, Oh, it's a sport, right? When it's yep. just not on USA network, when it was on Saturday night Live, lives main event, Oh, it replaced Saturday Night Live? What is this? So it gave it relevance in mainstream culture. And Vince has always played on that. For God's sakes, he just brought on Pat McAfee, a punter from the yeah. Indianapolis Colts, who, by the way, is freaking hilarious. Love his show. Watch it like every day. But he brought on uh, uh, the social media character, uh, uh, Jake Paul. Paul. Which one is it? Logan. Dumb. 
Logan Paul. Dumb Paul. Okay, got it. Uh, yeah. So so look at what that like he brought Mike Tyson in years ago. He brought in freaking A for WrestleMania one. The the referee was Muhammad Ali. Cindy Lopper was in the corner of of Hogan and Mr. T. You think Vince didn't know how to play to Hollywood and to make it mainstream? Dude's a genius. I don't know him as a human being, but he's a genius. Did your dad ever have a problem jobbing though? Like he did he not want to lose to Mr. T and Hogan in that match? Of course he didn't. Of course he didn't. But that's ego. And 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 what he would say later in life is that he understood what he didn't understand when he was younger. It's because he wanted to be put over and he felt like it was his money. And, you know, they were all very sensitive. So, and, and understandably, and I think, you know, bringing Mr. T into wrestling was an insult to those guys that, you know, worked, you know, three yep. shows a night sometimes traveling from town to town to territory to territory. And Mr. T just walks in and starts wrestling. And he was horrible. Like, absolutely. If anybody should pity the fool, it should be anybody watching Mr. T wrestle. Right. So it was so bad. And and you could see him just kind of working around the ring. And, you know, it it, it, it it was embarrassing to wrestling. But they let Hogan carry the card. And they let my dad and Roddy get him over. And they did a great job. Also, they always say about WrestleMania three, and your dad mentioned this, he's held off the card because Andre the Giant and Hulk is the main event. And some people throw the weird rumor out there, oh, Andre may not do business. But your dad was saying the real thing was maybe some health issues because you can even right. tell in the batch, Andre's not moving around great. He's just physically not in great shape. Who knows if he could do it? Is that true? Did they really hold your dad off? That, just in case Yeah, that is true. It? That is absolutely true. In fact, what's crazy is um, you, Andre was a different character, and I got to meet him a couple times. But um, I'll tell you a story that my dad told me that um, he sat down, Andre sat down to sign a contract. And uh, the promoter at the time was like, you know, here's this, you know, here's the, here's the contract, you know, sign it. And Andre goes, no, I do everything by handshake. And that was, that's how Andre did things. Now he ended up where he didn't sign with that promoter after, you know, my handshake and ended up going to another promotion. So I don't know if, I mean, I always think Vince, Vince could always give him a payday, but it, you know, in my mind, you were taking an addict out of their element to then come wrestle for a little bit and then go right back to drinking and everything else. So, you know, I, if I'm not mistaken, Andre wrestled till he was, you know, 92, which was another, you know, what, seven years later? Yeah, five years later. Yeah. 87 and 92. Yeah. So yeah, 87, 92. Yeah. Excuse me. It's just interesting that, like, you know, your dad's such a big name. He was just had that big feud with Hogan that you kept him off. So I always kind of wondered, you know, like, why wow, you keep that big of a name off with that big of a feud with Hogan? But then it's like, okay, that would be a su oh, the only possible suitable replacement if Andre really couldn't wrestle because they just sold out 70,000 people in Toronto. Kind of makes sense here, you know, in, in Detroit, in, in the Silver Dome. It kind of does make sense because that's the only suitable replacement that you could say Hogan's going to fight in a gigantic, you know, a football arena. Well, and that could have been put over and Hogan would have been put over and it would have been a better match than what we saw with Andre, Andre the Giant. That was a pitiful right. match. I don't know why everybody acts like it's the greatest thing ever. I get the 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 history of it, but Andre was not in great shape. He couldn't move. He was flat-footed the whole time. And I think it may just be the only match that people 
um, kind of remember because it was one of Andre's last ones and everybody wants to pay him respect. But if you look at what the undertaker did for 20 plus years, like his, his results were always the same. He slowed down a little bit, but it was still a good match. You know, Andre, I think that's all nostalgia and, and romanticizing it, you know, and the slam and everybody and, remembers. Yeah. It, it, and, and, and I get where that was a big deal, I guess, you know, for the time, but uh, Andre didn't look fast enough to hurt. Hogan. It just, you know, yeah. it didn't even come down to a pin. They had to do it just to a slam. So that's true. I just think it's Andre funny. wasn't gonna. Andre wouldn't technically lose to uh, Hogan. That's why they did that. Right. Yep. But I just think it's funny when you're like going back and looking. It's like, wow, Mister Wonderful. He should have been on that damn card. You know what I mean? It's WrestleMania three. He should have been on the card. And it's weird. Like Morocco's not on WrestleMania. It's weird when you look at it. Like they both were there at that time and. They both should have been on the each respective cards. Like, does he ever say, uh, I missed out on a payday? Or, you know, did he ever say something like that about it? No, I, you know, he, he never mentioned that. I think the only thing he ever mentioned was that he was the backup and that was kind of the brief of it. And it was explained to him and he was uh, kind of injured at the time. And so, you know, you know, you, you didn't, you didn't tell Vince what he was going to do. So, you know, he, I, I, I think, and, and maybe I'm wrong. I think they were, um, I think Andre did it on purpose because he liked the attention and uh, you know, I think he always knew he could wrestle, but uh, you know, they couldn't take that chance with him because he was so sensitive. He's got to tease him. You know what I mean? Hulk, I may not lose. I may not wrestle Vince. Right. Oh, he was down he to the end. Like I may not even let you slam me. So that was like, y'all, y'all can tell me how great Andre was. Like he was, he was non-negotiable in the ring because of his stature. For sure. He wasn't when a team player. When your dad leaves and he quits Vince, like you mentioned, did he think he was going to be quitting the business or did he, he know, like he knew where his next net destination was. He knew he wanted to keep wrestling. He just didn't want to wrestle for Vince anymore. No, my dad opened a bowling center. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. He opened a bowling center and uh, started on the second one, got that open, um, took some bad financial advice from a financial advisor um and uh the guy didn't pay my dad's taxes for several years as well as a couple other things and uh, had set up some shady deals where he you know pull all the profit from it and uh so dad had him for about i guess five years and after that he went back to wrestling you know independent did he so his intent was to get out of wrestling in fact when he opened the bowling center you weren't allowed to uh, drink in it we didn't have any alcohol oh wow because my dad became a christian god 1986 maybe 85 and so when he opened the bowling center, it was going to be alcohol free because he, he grew up with alcoholism. Wow. Interesting. Did he like foresee himself as like a entrepreneur or a businessman and not a wrestler anymore? Was he like kind of going, going to go in that direction? Well, back in the late eighties, as you had a little bit of money, people were more susceptible. When you think about the athletes that got all their money taken, it's been, it hasn't been as bad over the last 10 years as it was back then. So, um dad was hurt um my dad told me on so many occasions and and keep in mind while he was on the road we talked almost every night on the phone even if it was for five minutes you know i could be running to a baseball game he'd be like son do a good job you know don't do anything half-ass that was his biggest thing like don't do anything half-ass i've yet to figure out what that means but uh i'm pretty (laughs) i'm pretty sure i got an idea but you know those were just certain things that that one he would he said uh your ass is grass and I'm the lawnmower. 
you know, if I didn't do, you know, what I needed to do, but he was always an encouragement. He was always a phone call away. I could call dad right before a match or right after he'd pick up the phone. You know, I could call into the line if anything was like, he always gave me a phone number that I could reach. And, uh, but he called home every night, every night. So when you think about when, what, with those periods of time, dad had been on the road at that point from 1969 when he started playing college football, he was on the road pretty much until 1987. So that's 27 years between, you know, college football games going on the road to then travel from town to town, territory, territory. But So I was born in 78 and I was born in Tampa. We lived in Boca. Then we moved up to Pensacola. Then we moved out to Oklahoma, El, uh, 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 Baton Rouge. And then and in Shreveport, and then we moved to I think Tennessee, North Carolina, and then Georgia, all before I was five. Wow, quite so, a lot of moving around. Yeah, and I, I mean, obviously, I I was there, but I don't remember it. But you know, Dad had had this crazy lifestyle, and he was in his late thirties. He was hurting. He just wanted to be home and be a dad. And when he came home, and we had the bowling center, Dad and I went to. Uh, Sunday school together, church together, church on Wednesday nights. We went to the gym most days of the week. You know, when I was, even when I was in school, even if I just went there and hung out with him, um, he went to all my baseball games. He went to all my, uh, you know, choir, you know, or my, when I was a, I was a singer at one point. And uh, so he went to all my recitals. That's what you call them. Um, he put me in cotillion. So I had to learn which fork to use and how to button my jacket. And Hmm. like, that was how I spent time with dad. It wasn't this wrestling lifestyle that most people believe he was, he, uh, you know, he took me hunting. Yes. But he also took me to my cotillion lessons. Nice. Look at that. Good dad. Yeah. Really, uh, really great to you. He had a lot of injuries, obviously had a neck injury. His arm was atrophied. I mean, did he constantly, you know, be in pain for most of his life? Like as he was kind of going through, cause he seemed like he had so many injuries. John, it's, I'm trying to think about how to say it. Okay. I got a great example. So I was, I want to say 28 and I found out I had a slit, a slip disc in my back and it was starting to, you know, cause, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Oh God. Anyway, nerve damage. So, um, and uh, so, so I, I go to dad and I'm like, dad, uh, this is killing me. Like I can barely stand and we're in the car and he goes, well, just take half of one of these pills. I take two a day or I take two in the morning, two at night or something like that. Just take half of one. I took that half and I was laying in the floorboard, begging my father to slow the car down because we were going so fast. Wow. It was the worst feeling on the face of the planet. I say all that to say dad's pain was so bad that um, there might have been my grandfather passed away. He cried there. His dad passed away. He cried there. When I graduated from high school and when my son was born and my youngest were born, he cried there. So we'll say he cried in front of me five times. I probably saw him cry 25 times out of pain. And it wasn't like that. I'm not tough. It was just tears in his face when I would ask him, but he wouldn't cry. He'd Mm. just go, Trav, I can't move. 
and uh, so he had he had to get special mirrors on his car because he couldn't turn his neck right so he had his second through eighth vertebrae taken out they put in a cadaver's vertebrae with a titanium rod he then got cancer after that which closed his throat um both of his knees needed to be replaced he had spurs in both shoulders his right arm what he would do is he could he his so ironic my arm my right arm was paralyzed like his it's just a little different because i actually had the surgery to fix it i had a bicep slap tear and ended up with the rotator cuff and labrum coming off and my tricep twisted over the bone spiral fractured the humerus bone fragments go through my radial nerve and leave me with wrist drop dad had a very similar injury except for the his bone spurs went through the nerve whereas mine happened all at once and i could recover right dad wouldn't right. get the surgery so dad could use his hand but from the time he was 50 till he passed at 72 or 71 he would put food in his right hand and he would pull his mouth his hand up to his mouth he couldn't he couldn't pull his hand up and so after years of these pain meds which i'd say he took them for about three to five years his uh, stomach was so messed up and and so bound up like he was like trav i can't go to the bathroom it is like it's unbearable and so he quit taking them and I want to say he quit taking around 55, 56. And I don't recall him ever using another pain pill in 14 years. And most of it was because he wanted to go to the bathroom normal. Wow. Um, but he would ache and moan. Um, he tried some medicinal medicine that helped at times. But the problem was he couldn't remember to take it on time and it wasn't easily accessible and I wasn't available to administer it, but he tried different ways. But in the end, he was such a tough SOB. He just didn't relent. I honestly, like I can tell you, he took those meds, but I never really heard him complain. Hmm. That seems like, you know, like getting into that stuff is crazy because you did all this stuff for the fans, you know, and for our and, and Vince's pockets and, you know, his own profit, too. But he did so much for the fans. It's just crazy to think some of these guys, it's like, wow, they really just destroyed their bodies for the rest of their lives, you know, physically, mentally, you know, internally, just they killed themselves for the business. And, you know, we, we're just sitting back as fans like, wow, that was great match. But, you know, we don't see behind the scenes of their pain, really. Well, John, let me ask you this. If you had my dad's physical abilities and you grew up in a broken home, you know, uh, molested, weren't around your mom, weren't around your dad, all you could be was an athlete. And then wrestling shows up and you feel important and you come down a, a runway and people hate you or love you, but you control that. Yep. And you find acceptance, you find a family and all of a sudden this loner that could beat the living crap out of you with his bare hands blindfolded with one hand behind his back becomes the good guy and the bad guy every night where he can exercise those demons and then go back to a hotel room and sleep it off. Like these guys didn't choose wrestling. Wrestling chose them. And I don't think people understand that. It's not like now. John, if I if 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 my son came up to me and started hitting the gym and blah 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 blah, he wanted to be a wrestler. It's not like what would have happened back when my dad was there. You want to be a wrestler because you got nothing else. You know what my dad was doing before he became a wrestler? He was trying to sell insurance for MetLife, and he was so bad at it that my grandfather, who was an executive, 
was watching uh, wrestling on a Saturday morning. And my dad looked at it and said, I can do that. My grandfather said, I'll call. I'll make a phone call on Monday. And he hooked him up with Hiro Matsuda. That's how my dad became a wrestler. Because hmm. God knows he was never going to be an insurance salesman. Yeah. And if you, if you yeah. you could bring all those guys out of the grave right now, you tell me one of them that would change a thing. Right. Probably none of them. Yeah. Yeah, they love the business. Yeah. That and they did what they did because they loved it so much. Even if it is beyond our own rationale. Like you you don't know what those guys were going through. It's kind of like so I'm a huge University of Miami Hurricanes fan, and I've seen guys come out of the slums of the University of Miami or out of three oh five Dade County and to see what they accomplish and they become business owners and 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 prolific in the in their communities like that's the most encouraging thing i've ever seen and to be honest that's my dad he came out of a trailer park became mr wonderful became the greatest father that i could have ever fathomed and he's made me the man i am and i'm i'm grateful for his presence and i i know right now he's sitting down saying or he's up there saying travis why didn't you do this 10 years ago you jackass yeah yeah, why didn't you do it? Obviously, circumstances in life yeah. happen, but yeah, yeah. I didn't know. I know that sounds stupid. I didn't know. I I just kind of grew up thinking my dad was such a big figure. What could I offer anybody? Like, I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm not insecure. I just, like, my dad's wrestling career, I'm not going to go to WrestleMania. I don't have that kind of clout. You know, it, it's, it's, it, you know, so I'm not going in the business. So for me, the reason I even started doing this is because it became so personal because I had to heal because when my dad passed away, I, I lost it. And, uh, this page, um, allows me to, uh, heal spend the time with him that I missed yeah. out on because I had other things going on. Right. And the cool part is my son's doing it with me. Very cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Get to pay some tribute to your dad, pay some tribute to grandpa. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. He, and you know, again, my son's doing a great job with the uh, Twitter account. I'm so proud of him. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of speaking vicariously through me, but at the same time, like we'll, we'll, we'll connect before he posts something and uh, I'm just asking him to dig into his father's heritage, like find this stuff. And uh, so he's digging in and seeing what, what his grandpa did. And I'm, I'm, you know, he's, he's in college. He's supposed to go to law school. That son of a gun better do it by the way. Hope he's listening. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, he's dug into this and uh, he's spending time with our family members and getting those photos and he's been scanning them in and uh you know, it's it's becoming a family affair is, is the best way to put it. Very, very cool. It's awesome. And even the podcast is great. Some kind of wonderful because it's like very unique to you, but also unique to other wrestling families. You know, you're saying you got to keep it in the family. Podcast is the very, very similar thing or the same thing. You know, Garrett Bischoff, obviously, the son of Eric. Doesn't necessarily have to be the son or, or daughter, but somebody that's related to somebody in wrestling. Just tell us a little bit about the podcast. Yeah, so it was kind of a... You know, so I had an older brother and, and he made a lot of mistakes and um, it was it was such a unique childhood. I always joke 
that and, and it was a true question somebody said you know you know what's what's it like to be you know to be like uh the son of a professional wrestler and i was like i don't know what's it like to be the son of a plumber it's just my dad and then i realized there was a lot of people i could ask that question to that would understand where i was coming from and so when my dad passed uh, i just felt a a calling if you will i saw a need in 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 our community that all of us have a story to share and it's a little different, but it's, you know, like you guys can watch dark side of the ring and, and that's to me jaded. It's, it's a great show, but it's an hour long episode of all the bad stuff versus I want the emotional context as well as, 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 as the, the perspective of the individual I'm talking to. So, you know, talking to Garrett, I got to see what it was like to, to, to be, uh, you know, to actually go into wrestling when everybody expected you to. And right. I, I never had experienced that till I talked to him. And then I kind of live vicariously through him. I'm going, like, Oh, I get it. And then you had that moment with your dad. Well, my moment with my dad was inducting him into the hall of fame at the, uh, or, you know, the, the, the CAC uh, cauliflower alley club. So, so I've had these moments, but to hear Garrett's perspective was so cool because I could relate to it in such a different way. But at the same time, those guys don't have things I have. But Garrett would go hunting with my dad. So he knew what my dad was like. So when I could say, dad did some crazy stuff. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, I was there with him. And then the next episode, oh, God, who was it? It was, uh, uh, I know we had Fallon on the third. Who is the second? Oh, Jenny Santana. So it was, uh, you know, uh, the illegitimate daughter of Tito Santana, who was one of my dad's best friends. And, uh, you know, to hear her story, like she, that's how weird can you get other than wrestling, right? This is, this is, you know, stranger than Florida. So I get to hear the perspective of somebody that, you know, didn't have the expectations growing up, but grew up around it and then found out who her dad was and found a calling to, to then pursue it. Then I got to sit down with Fallon, which is Roddy Piper's daughter and hear about his conversion to faith as a Christian. And how he, you know, apologized and, and made up for some of those mistakes. And then we went on to Brawny with a, a dynamite kid where he abandoned her for years. And, you know, I think, and I got to speak, you know, via message to, to, to Brawny's uh, mom. There was a lot of healing that happens in these conversations because they now know, I was like, you know, what went up, what, what went on with dynamite kid, you know, Tom, I'm like, my dad changed after these concussions. And they were like, yes, that's exactly what happened. His, his, uh, you know, Dynamite Kid's wife said, you know, before his head injuries, he was a different human being. That's not a coincidence. So um, I'm having some honest conversations with people that were, were able to kind of uh, peel back the layers and, and, and find out what's behind these men. And it's genuine and it's emotional and, uh, I'm grateful. And, and, and so I, we've got a couple of people lined up. Um, I'm going to call Lacey out right now. Lacey Abilene, she's a, a, a raised daughter, a big boss man. So her and I are building a relationship. I'm so proud of her. She just started the big boss man, a WWE official page. So find that on Instagram and follow. Um, but her and I are going to have a, a great conversation here in the next couple of weeks. 
Nice. Very cool. And it's a very good concept, unique concept. I and mean, obviously it's, it's unique to you guys. So, I mean, that's kind of a very, very cool thing. How did you just like come up with it? You just like, literally, like, like you said, it was like, you know, other people are experiencing this. I should just have a podcast. We should talk about it. I mean, was that just basically it? No, not at all. Actually. Um, it's a, it's a funny story. So I was, uh, I, and I've told the story a couple of times. And I'll share it with you and I can do it without uh, a lot of the hurt that came before. Uh, so my dad was molested when I, when he was young. Right. And uh, so was I, and uh, we were driving uh, down the road off of uh, what's called highway 20. We're driving through Fairburn. I used to go to landmark Christian school in uh, Fairburn, Georgia. And uh, so I said, dad, I need to tell you something. And I told him, and he's like, I know I've been there. And then he looked at me and said, someday I expect you and I built you to share my story. And so I didn't understand what that meant at the time. But I, you know, my mom has told me since I was a kid, you and your dad are different. You and your dad are different. The relationship you have with him, nobody else has. And, you know, I go back to when I was saying earlier, like I could just start laughing at dad and he'd start laughing with me. But he ribbed me so many times, but I could laugh with him. I remember when I was a kid and went to the movie theater and my girlfriend was sitting there and um, he came over and sat down and uh, made me sit in his lap next to her. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, geez. Oh, it was me, him and uh, Brad Reagans. Oh, who was hey, a, Brad, yeah. Yeah, Brad, Legendary, incredible, yeah. wrestler, like, trainer, phenomenal, really. lifelong wrestler, like just like Hall of Fame kind of guy. Uh, so we're, we're driving in the car and, um, like I'm 16, 17, but the three of us had gone to the gym and we're leaving. And then my, uh, this girl I was trying to hook up with was in the car next door and, uh, dad rolls down the window and I'm in the middle and Brad leans down. So it looks like it's me and my dad just sitting really close together <laughs> in the cab of a truck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they just would rib the crap out of you. So. You know, uh, you know, going back to your original question, this is this is my way of of healing and my way of um, hearing the other stories that are out there that, um, you know, I've heard a lot of podcasts and there are a lot about wrestling. I, I want to talk about the human beings. These guys were real and they had some really messed up stuff. Many of them found Christ. Some of them uh, uh, didn't. I, I'm, I'm not, you know, condoning either decision. Um, I have my own personal opinion. I'll keep it to myself. But at the end of the day, these guys, man, they have a story. And it's so much deeper than putting a snake around somebody's neck or the stunner or the pile driver or the leg drop. Like, my dad impacted millions of people in a positive way because of his work ethic and discipline. And it, it doesn't surprise me that he left, you know, Madison square garden one night and a couple of kids walked up, wanted his autograph. And, uh, and I got this message from one of the fans. He said, I was 16, met your dad outside of the Madison square garden. He was wearing a towel over his head, trying to escape everybody. And I walked up and said, Mr. Wonderful, can I get your autograph? And he said, Nope, but I'll take you to get a piece of pizza. And he took him and his friend down to the pizza place. They sat down. My dad said, what do you guys want to be when they grow up? And, the, and they both said wrestlers. And he talked about how they had to hit the gym, listen to what their mama said, and uh, take care of their bodies and quit eating pizza. 
<laughs> that's great oh my god imagine that like you're walking out you see one of the big stars in the company he's like can i get your autograph no but let's go for some pizza you like you know you mark I, out I, I like, Holy crap. my instagram bro yeah I, like, unbelievable it, i i can't make that stuff up that's and, awesome and, and yeah. here's the crazy part dad did that a thousand times it was over and over like the only regret i actually get on instagram is i didn't get to meet him the people that met him are like, oh my God, he could not have been a kinder soul. Like, I'm not joking. When I was 18 years old and I brought, uh, no, I was, excuse me, 20 years old and I brought my girlfriend over and we went upstairs and we were sitting up in his room to watch some TV and he'd be like, come sit on my lap. And he would just sit there and love on me. And my girlfriend would be sitting there, you know, right in the chair. And she'd be like, what yeah. is going on? I'm like, my dad's, this is my dad. He's, he's a cuddly dude. And you come over here and you love on him. You kiss him real quick. And then, you know, he's like, all right, have a beer. <laughs> yeah. But that's a great moment for like a fan. Cause you literally will never forget that in a million years. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that, like where a guy gives you an autograph, you may forget it here and there, but guy takes you out for pizza. I mean, and it's Mr. Wonderful. Uh, you're never going to forget a memory like that. That's awesome. Especially for those kids. I mean, that's great. By the way, he didn't eat the pizza. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> that was the funny part. So it would be an unhealthy, I guess, for him. Yeah, absolutely. He, Dude, I'm not kidding you. He used to eat sardines and crackers on the airplane. But isn't there cheat meals or whatever? Can't you cheat? No, or no? No, my father didn't. No. I'm, I'm sorry, excuse me? Are we talking <laughs> about Paul Under? Yeah, I don't know. Like The Rock always goes, oh, I'm having my cheat meal for today. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and it's, Paul Under didn't have a cheat meal. Wow. Paul Under yeah. didn't think of it that way. He was intense. Yeah. And I'm not yeah. the, the rocks, right, dude? Have a good time, right? Like, right, right. but I would say my dad's cheat meal. Excuse me, my dad's cheat meal, if there was one, and it probably happened five times a year. When we would leave Hartsfield International Airport, we would pass in Riverdale, Georgia, the Krispy Kreme donuts, and if that hot donut sign was on. We'd go in there and get two dozen, and Dad could kill a full dozen with some milk. Nice. Yeah, those are some good stuff. Yeah. Oh, dude, they were amazing. Back in the 80s and 90s, I don't know if there was anything sweeter or better. But uh, Dad, that was the only time. I'll give you an example, and maybe this, you know, forgive me if I'm going over my time, but so I, you know, started dating this girl, and she took me to Bennigan's, and I was like 19. And they were like, these are potato skins. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> oh my god and yeah. then they came out with their ice cream flavors i'm like you have more than vanilla and i'm like oh what is this on the table they're like it's salt i'm like oh my god i've never seen that before like i'm not kidding we grew up mom would make like tilapia and we would get a lemon wedge and hot sauce i was seven hmm. do you know how bad hot sauce tastes when you're seven it's horrible yeah there it's an acquired taste yeah. eat, anything that was unhealthy that every day i ate the same lunch for like nine years wow very regimented that well big time regimented. that's how dad was i could I, you know i was probably the only like 15 year old with like the protein farts <laughs> i could see that yeah yeah oh my god oh it's brutal later on in, in life when he had you know some health issues and obviously then he eventually would pass away did you get any heat or any trouble when you started posting stuff when he was, you know, when he was 
having his dementia problems and he was had did you get heat for posting the, the videos because it seemed like you got a lot of backlash from fans saying like oh he wouldn't want you to post that and even some wrestlers and announcers like oh why why are you posting that did you get heat for that yeah that would be an understatement like i got threats um and um everybody was pointing to different people saying your dad would never want his legacy to look like this and you know, you're disrespecting him and what they didn't know and what they didn't care about. And which, you know, it's, it's social media. They all jump to conclusions. And I look, I, I understand. I was in a situation where they would not allow me to access my father. Like the hot. Wow. Yeah, it sucks. That's terrible. Grady wouldn't allow me in because of COVID. And I had to go to extreme measures because I didn't even know where he was. He had been moved three times. And when I would call the facility, they wouldn't tell me anything. So when I finally got in and saw him, I was so, I was so mad. I don't think people will, I don't care what you think, but. If you walked in on that, what would you do? Right. You got to expose it. And, and and then all of a sudden, people didn't want me to expose it. And that didn't make any sense to me. Why would you want my dad to be in that sit- situation? Right. Yeah, you got to get him out of there. Yeah. And uh, I caught heat from a couple of wrestlers who text me individually. And I saw some posts from different journalists saying Paul would never want this. And I was exploiting him. And I'm like, you guys have no clue who I am. You don't know me. I've never, ever in my life put myself out there on Instagram or anywhere else to try to get recognition as being my, my, my dad's son. Right. You know, you don't see me on facebook instagram social media like you just don't see me so to get those accusations was really hurtful when i was very explicit that i was trying to expose the truth and um you know i've had to go through many legal steps including today that you know about i had to go meet with an attorney today so there has been many legal steps i've had to go through both before and after that situation and uh no matter what anybody thinks at the end of the day, you saw the last picture because you saw the product of my work where he and I were hugging in the middle of my living room. Yep. And if I catch heat for that, I'm fine because I got that moment. And I don't know if I would have had it otherwise. Was he mad or was he even uh, maybe even able to say, was he mad that he posted or was he happy because you got to have that moment with him? If I could speak for my father, it would be unfair. You know, I can't. But what I can tell you is if you saw the first video and what his face looked like in the hospital, and then you see what his face looked like when I was taking him home to my house, I think that answers every question you have. Right. Yep. For sure. So I don't I don't know what he would say, but I, I saw what he felt. Cause we held hands for hours upon hours every day. And I spent time with my daddy. So I'm grateful. I don't care what anybody thinks. I get those experiences and you can't take that away from me. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Totally. 
Yeah, oh, no problem at Woo! all. Totally, totally understandable. Totally understandable. Absolutely. Great questions. You got me off guard. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> you got to do. But uh, as we wind it down, we'll head towards the finish here. Just was curious. Does he have a Legends contract? Is there a, a WWE Legends deal? Is that on the table or was that gone? So, uh, John, I, I, I'm working on it. And and oh, I don't okay. have that answer, just to be honest. Um, if I had to have an opinion, my dad had no representation or anybody speaking on his behalf. And I don't think he was in a good place to to negotiate. So um, I'm, I'm actually praying, literally, that the WWE will, uh, uh, once I get my dad's estate settled and I can speak on his behalf, I hope they will work with me and uh, put together some things that will uh, both respect their business as well as my dad's legacy. Um, I'd love to see him in WWE uh, 23K if that's possible. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, some people are rooting for their dad to go in the Hall of Fame. I want to see my dad in a video game. And, uh, you know, it's been a long time. I think it was, uh, God, Super Nintendo 64, the last time I saw my dad in a video game. So um, I'm going to work on that. I, I, I want to build my legacy into one of character and and, 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 and and one that represents what he stood for. And, you know, he openly admitted he was hard to work with, but I'm not. Because he taught me not to be so right, right. deal with me. Hey, those guys from that era are notoriously hard to work with, but they were right. If you really look at it, like, oh, Hogan wouldn't do this, Hogan would do that. He turned out to be right. Like, you do have to protect your character. Piper was right to do that. Yeah. Your dad was right. Warrior was right to be tough with Vince. Jesse Ventura was right. Like, all these guys, I mean, they're they're right. But it's funny, nowadays, these guys just get walked all over. Like, you almost wish, like, I wish you guys were like these guys back in the day when they so were tough. They can replace you so quick. It wasn't yeah. like that back then. You yep. couldn't just pull Paul Orndorff out in the middle of that heat after he turned oh, around and him. Okay, yeah. let's go Big John Studd. Like you didn't have that element. Not that right. Big John wasn't a great wrestler. It's just hard to replace that, you know. And they were going territory to territory. You got to remember there wasn't the TV exposure, so it was harder to expose a new wrestler over a short period of time, like it is now. So it's just a different business. And you know, him and uh, your dad and Hogan in the cage match getting over a ten rating. You can't kind of replace that with somebody else. I mean, other guys can get almost as good ratings, but that high of stuff. I mean. You're talking a rarefied era. I mean, people were right, super, absolutely. super interested in Hogan Orndorff, big time. Absolutely, was awesome. He he was he he looked like he would kill everybody, and I think that's something that was hard to replace. Everybody else wrestled. Dad looked like he was going to kill you, and so I think what, he might have even thought about it. <laughs> Probably. <yeah. laughs> so, what's next though for for everything? I mean, you, I know you're getting some stuff in place. I know Pro Wrestling Tees. He has a store, but you're going to expand on it. Like, what else is in place? You know, we're, we we got the tennis shoes going uh, with at Eccentric uh, One, um, which are Mister Wonderful Shoes. Um, I just, you know, have, have worked with a couple of attorneys, and at the end of the day, I want you to understand that I am so grateful what the wrestling fans have done for my father. Um, we're looking to build out this, this platform. Um, I don't want a penny from it. I don't, I, I, I have no intentions of making any money off of this. This is going to be built to, to build my dad's legacy. It will take care of, uh, 50% of the profits will take care of my mother and the other 50% of the profits will go to a, uh, nonprofit to help other wrestlers. And, uh, we'll find those nonprofits. I know the CAC club, I, I would like to reach out to DDP with his yoga and see what I can do to assist as well as any other platform where people know that there are wrestlers in need. So many people gave back to my father that the least thing I want to do is to disrespect that and, uh, 
and then rub it in their face with some kind of, you know, business plan and profitability. I want to give back to my family and I want to give back to the community. Nice, great stuff. And again, give us all the plugs of like the social media and everywhere else where we can find some. All right. Wonderful... I got to go back to my. I gotta yeah. go back to my test message. Is that bad? I got my producer. He's like, he's got me on. He's like, dude, don't forget. So we got uh, at wonderful podcast at one D E R F U L podcast and at Mr. Wonderful official at M R one Durful official. You better know what Durful is. And uh, you know, we're, we, we, we've, I, I think we've nicknamed our, uh, uh, the people that listen to our podcast turtle heads you remember that from the Ivan Pusky uh, uh, interview with my dad? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's, so a, that's a random reference. That's great. We're calling yeah. the listeners turtleheads. That's that's what we're doing right now. I hope I hope they're not offended, but it's obviously in reference to a funny thing. You know, I was. Yeah. It's so funny how I watch my dad's like promos, and he misspeaks so many times, but he's so big, nobody corrects him. He's like, you know what? There's too much glare in those nails. Uh, dad, that's. That's what happens when you buff them. <laughs> so it makes us, you know, yeah. you know, turtle heads poking out. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Mean Gene and Mean Gene's just dying laughing, and nobody's going to correct yeah. him. He's 255 yep. pounds can rip your head off for yep, real. Exactly. Yep. For sure. <laughs> but Travis, thank you uh, so much for all the time, and thank you for sharing uh, all those stories. It could be a little tough, but I uh, really, really appreciate it. great stuff, great content. Thank you, John. I appreciate it, buddy. I hope uh, we'll do it again. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You could follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You could check us out on Facebook. You could subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash TMPT Empire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two Man Power Trip, where the power lies brother.